Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Yes, indeed. Once again, once again, you know what it is. The Core Report, Black Broadway presents The Core Report. You know what time it is. Shout out to my man, DC Selfree. You know the vibes, man. Listen, it's Friday, Thursday. It's the new Friday over here, and we're going to pop a Miller High Life before we get into this and go, man. Yo, it's been a crazy day in the news, man. 45 was determined to make a comeback. Yesterday, we spent our whole day. Shout out to everybody that interacted and engaged and that listened to the Kamala episode, man, where we got into some of the just obvious discrepancies between this candidate and the whole liberation agenda that a lot of people have professed to be about since, you know, quarantine has been in effect and especially since the killing of George Floyd. So it's all about putting those two things into perspective and understanding that, you know, you can understand that we're in a tense political moment, but you can also be critical of politicians. Neither two, neither of the two things are mutually exclusive. So thanks to everybody for tuning in. If you haven't listened to that already, go back and get into that. Great episode, great guest, you know what I mean? Just great combo all around the board, man. But today, like I said, 45 had to make a comeback, so we got lots of news regarding him and his foolishness. Of course, we got to touch on COVID once again, because that's a serious thing internationally, all around the world. In today's episode, like I said, the world is a ghetto. And, yo, we got some stories for y'all from around the globe today. All types of nonsense and foolishness around the globe. Of course, we got D.C. on the map. And, you know, we got to touch on sports, man. So, uh, without further ado, man, welcome to the Core Report. Let's get on into it. As I mentioned earlier, 45 was forced to make a comeback, a powerful comeback in the news today. You know this guy thrives off of attention. He feeds off of that energy, that negative energy, whether it's right or wrong. He just loves being in the spotlight. So, of course, he came out with just the most outrageous slander that he could think of. Old shit, too. Not even new creative stuff. Old shit. Nasty woman. She's an angry, aggressive, you know, black woman. Whoop de whoop. Blah blah blah. He didn't say black woman, but you know, painting her as this mad woman, as this aggressive person or whatever. That's what he was doing on the surface, on his Twitter accounts, and in his idiotic, you know, statement rambles that we call press conferences. But the real, the real, real deal is, yo, he said the quiet part out loud today. This guy flat out said he opposes funding the post office because he does not want to see that funding used to help out mail-in voting. He said that flat out today. You know what I'm saying? When he was on Fox News, I guess, you know, they have a way of making him comfortable enough to stick his entire foot into his mouth. So he went and said that now people are just like, damn, man, we can't even defend this shit anymore. But again, as I always say, it doesn't matter because we are on the fast train to authoritarianism. So, you know what I mean? Just understand that that's the direction that this thing is headed in. And, you know, there's not a whole lot that we are positioned to do democratically to stop this whole entire thing. The Postal Service thing is especially nefarious because he said flat out he knows that they can't handle it. He understands fully that they are incapable of handling the responsibility they have right now. He's also been... Purposely, or not him personally, but Louis DeJoy, who is the postmaster general, who, like I said, has zero postal experience and actually owns quite a bit of stock and assets in postal competitors and in the post office's number one user, which is Amazon. 
craziness. Yo, the conflict of interest, if you've ever heard of it. But anyway, he has made it so that now they're removing these massive machines that are mail sorters. They're removing them from facilities in places like Iowa, Arkansas, places like Illinois, places like Maryland. They're removing these things from the facilities, which makes it basically impossible for the mail handlers to do their job. They are lifelong postal service employees right now complaining viscerally about what's happening to the postal service. They're saying it's really impossible to do their job. Nobody wants to come to work and know that they're actually doing something that is totally incapable of being done, even if they're doing an impossible task. They want to at least feel like they can make some progress into doing something, and especially something as important as delivering the mail. It's like delivering the news. Shout out to GB. Shout out to G2. Shout out to Reds. Everybody checking in. You know what time it is. We're doing the news over here, gang. And we really have to be aware of what is happening to the Postal Service, yo. Just because a lot of us have come to depend on email and our lives revolve around online interactions, you can never, ever forget the importance of the mail, yo. Like I said, that is an institution that was responsible for helping this country be this country wouldn't be if it wasn't for the Pony Express, if it wasn't for the ability to communicate via written word before there was telegraphs, before there were telephones, any of that. If it wasn't for people's ability to write, we wouldn't. this country wouldn't have a history. And a lot of that history was handled by the Postal Service. So it's a shame to see what's happening to this right now. You know what I'm saying? But here's the wild shit. Here's the kicker. He only supports mail-in voting in states that he's actually winning or he feels like he's going to win. He supports mail-in voting in Florida. He's all right with mail-in voting in Iowa, I'm not Iowa, excuse me, Ohio, or other Republican strongholds. He's all right with it there. He does not support it in any Democratic states at all. He feels like it's going to be a disaster in New York. It's going to be ridiculous in Pennsylvania, whatever, whatever. He's only endorsing this for states where it's politically advantageous for him to have these people come out and vote. This is the stealing, this is the theft of an election right in front of our eyes, y'all. It has been so wild that there are literally pictures on the internet of government, city employees, whoever you call them, removing whole mailboxes. And when you think about it, when we were growing up, it was a mailbox everywhere. Bro, I got to go so far out of my way to find a mailbox. I'm going to see a post office before I see a mailbox in, in, the, in the neighborhood that I live in, in the world that I live in now. It's insane. It's so difficult to find mailboxes now. And there, there are videos and images online of city workers physically removing mailboxes. That's how hard they're going with this sabotaging of the United States Postal Service. It's crazy. And like I said, that's even a, a sideways uh, headline from the headline that he chose to lead the day off with, which was this deal that they bartered him and Jared Kushner specifically bartered a deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, a quote unquote peace accord. Now, the United Arab Emirates, ladies and gentlemen, is a small corner of the entire Arabian Peninsula, which is almost exclusively dedicated to entertainment. You know what's in the UAE? Dubai, fam. 
That's where all the extraneous tricking goes off at, all that extra nasty wild tricking. But they come back with the bag. That's where that happens. That's where gold-plated Ferraris and Jeeps riding on two wheels, that's where that happens. That is where the debauchery of the quote-unquote East happens. It's the Vegas of the East. So... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they were ever beefing with Israel. I don't, if anybody has any information to the contrary, if they were ever beefing with Israel, it was definitely in principle due to their stance and due to their standing as an Islamic state. However, the economics of the United Arab Emirates tell you that there was never really an issue there. So again, some symbolic bullshit that Jared Kushner and Trump get to stand up and do and say, yo, we brokered peace in the Middle East just to make Kamala and Joe look crazy, just to keep his name out here in the streets. Like I said, in the streets is one thing. Tweets and all this nonsense is one thing. Here's the other thing that he did yesterday and today that you should know about and you should be paying attention to. This man nominated five federal judges yesterday, five federal judges. Federal judges are, if they are confirmed by the United States Senate, they are at lifetime appointments. And these people operate on all the district courts all around the country. So if you catch a case and you have to go to federal court, somebody who was nominated or um, appointed by the president will more than likely be presiding over your case. This motherfucker nominated this woman named Catherine Kimball Mills, Mizell. She's a former clerk for Clarence Thomas. She claims that Clarence Thomas, she said this out of her mouth, Clarence Thomas is the greatest living American. So that just no, you just let you know she's not playing with a full deck. Clarence Thomas is the greatest living American. She's a former uh, clerk for him. She works for an arts conservative think tank organization at the current moment. And she graduated from college in 2009. This lady is 30-something. Like, she's definitely younger than me. She graduated from college in 2009, and this man is trying to put her on a federal court for life. And her views begin with Clarence Thomas as the greatest living American. So that should just let you know the slippery slope of conservatism that she's going to be on for at least the next 20 years of her life. You know how many people she's going to get to send to jail? You know how many d- important precedent-setting decisions she's going to get to make from that position? And because she was nominated by an idiot. Who's nominating people that are 33 for lifetime appointments on federal courts anyway? You don't even have the life experience to do shit like that. That's just mind-boggling. But again, stories that fly right under the radar because we worried about him calling Kamala nasty and we worried about him saying all this dumb shit with his Twitter fingers. Yo, this is what he's doing with his with his executive pen, with his big boy pen, with his president pen. He's actually going crazy on that. But the president pen, I'll tell you what the president pen is not moving on. The president pen is not moving on this stimulus deal. There is still no stimulus deal in sight. Pelosi says they're miles apart. Yo, she is not optimistic. She's pessimistic. Yo, free the STEMI up, right? <laughs> free up the STEMI. The STEMI is not freed up right now. The STEMI is definitely being held hostage, yo. And it's so crazy because people are really getting pissed off and getting like just fed up to an absolute boiling point. And the country is is 
it, I just see it turning bad. It's getting there. People have reached an absolute boiling point. One of the funnier things to see people reach a boiling point is the White House press corps. I watched a thing the other day where they were talking about how the White House press corps really needs to revolt against the bullshit. Yo, hold up. Yes, they absolutely, Mozab, you know they took the rest of the month off. It's done. August is done. You know, typical August recess. Like I said many times, I am so sorry for lying to y'all and telling y'all that they are about handling business before August recess. I've never seen this happen before. This is brand new. And they left us hanging, hanging, yo. But anyway, this reporter and this presser, this guy said, uh, Mr. Trump, do you feel, uh, are you going to apologize or do you ever feel any regret for the amount of lying that you've done to the American people over the last three and a half years? Trump said, what? He said, yeah, lying, you. He didn't even respond. He just moved on to the next question. It was crazy. Reds, what you say? All these other countries are giving their citizens like 2,000 a month since March. You are 100% correct. All these other countries, because they practice some form of a very reasonable policy called socialism, they have a social safety net to take care of their people. But because we believe in this rugged individualism and strict, by-the-book capitalism, we get cooked all the time. People suffer so much under capitalism in a physical, tangible way. But these other countries, they got that shit together, yo. They got it together. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, we say we care. Like, we run around and say that we care about all these countries. You know what I'm saying? We don't care about shit. We we don't care or, or even care about our own citizens. It's absolutely insane, yo. Mozab, I'm glad you seen that. That was the best question. Yo, that's the White House press corps should be about that 24-7-365. Moving on to the present crisis at hand that he's definitely mismanaging, the COVID crisis. He's now appointed somebody new as the chief of the uh, coronavirus task force. I didn't know the coronavirus task force was in need of a shakeup, but whatever. I guess Fauci's out. Fauci's out. Scott Atlas is in. Scott Atlas believes in herd immunity. <laughs> right. What happened to Pence? Thank you, Lynette. What happened to Mike Pence? I didn't even know that Mike Pence was, you know... Not in charge of these things anymore. But hey, it's an election year. Mike Pence got bigger fish to fry. He has to worry about what suit he's going to wear when he gets cooked by uh, Kamala Harris on the debate stage. That's a that's an important concern for him. He, he's got bigger fish to fry. But this chief of the coronavirus task force has no experience, zero <laughs> experience in infectious diseases. None. Like, this guy has not done anything in the realm of infectious diseases. He's a doctor, I guess, technically. You know what I'm saying? What'd you say, GB? Fauci wanted out. Right. I, I feel you. He was a depression laughing. Mike Pence has... Yes, you're right, Jay. Mike Pence, has, Mike Pence he has to work on developing a, a personality. He needs at least two jokes, like, before this is all said and done. I don't know how he's going to make it. Bro, you are the former governor of Indiana. That's one of the driest states in the whole union. You dry from jump. I mean, it's, it's, it's just in you. It's not even in you to be lit. And, and you know, one time for Kamala, Kamala, should I say, she, you know, she went to Howard. 
She's going H U U D O and ski wee her way through this whole thing on a personality level. Yo, and man, we've been talking about this all day. Look, y'all, we're going to really need to have a discussion about how this, this young lady may or may not be technically black. Because I'm not willing to, I don't know if I'm going to extend the black card. She's, she's of the culture. But that's a whole other conversation. We're going to get into that in a few. Let me get through these headlines. Boy, oh boy, that one, we've been talking about that all day, buddy. Yo, so while this idiot is, you know, the new coronavirus task force chief or whatever, New Jersey and New, uh, and New York and New York are out here, you know, opening schools back up. It's lit. New Jersey is joining New York now. We, we open their schools back up. It, it's, it's lit, yo. All schools, college, K-12, whatever. Now, the caveat is, um, yo, you guys are going to have to uh, allow kids who want to continue to remote learn to do whatever they want to do. And, you know what I'm saying, you're just going to have to work with whatever, you know, the wealthy school districts decide that they want to do in regards to social distancing, scheduling, whatever. Yo, there is going to be such a discrepancy in the way that education is handled in America after this COVID crisis. If you don't, as if it wasn't already a thing, it's going to be a bigger thing. Now, the education crisis and the amount of people who are not going to have access to a good education just because of their zip code, because of the lack of tax dollars and all of that, they're going to have to ask people if they're going to, you know, really want to send their kids to school. You know what I mean? If they really want to send their kids to school and face the consequences of perhaps getting the people that they live in in these communal housing situations sick, or if they want to take the chances of actually even rolling the dice, you know, and getting themselves sick. There's a lot of going on here, man. Kids have passed. I've been hearing these death toll numbers, and, I mean, I'm concerned. Z, if you care, just go. You know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, man, we don't know what's going to happen with this. We just don't understand how this is going to work. But I tell you, these other countries, they're not effing around. New Zealand is back in lockdown. After 13 cases, 13 positive tests, not 13 deaths, 13 positive cases of COVID-19, New Zealand is back in lockdown. They're done. They're like, look, gang, we're going to go ahead and shut this thing on down. We're going to figure this whole thing out on the flip side, yo. You know what I'm saying? Hey, France, Germany, officially, officially in the second wave now. They're officially in a second wave. Yo, there you go. Hey, Mozart, have you beat me to it. Second wave is going to throw a super hook. It's a super hook that's coming for all of these European countries and all of these countries that where we thought it was totally under control because people are so eager to get back to normal or to go back outside. Look, gang, outside ain't a thing like that no more. Outside is riding your bike. Outside is walking in the field with your family and shit. You know what I'm saying? Outside is tending to your garden. That's outside. Coachella ain't outside no more. You know what I'm saying? That's not what's happening anymore. It's a totally different reality. And a lot of people, the sooner you embrace that, the better off you'll be. You know what I'm saying? Spain is now also the worst spot in Western Europe. So even though France and Germany have reported... The high, um, unprecedented new high levels during this second half of the pandemic. Spain is officially like the the fully hot spot 
in Western Europe. And it started off that way, too, man. Shout out to all my friends. I got some friends in Spain, yo. Friends in Madrid and, you know, Lisbon. I'm like, yo, y'all living great. I mean, they seem to be living pretty great, too. People over there seem to be handling it pretty damn well. I'm impressed. You know what I'm saying? So, America, I mean, we just on the outside looking in, gang. You know what I'm saying? We like that little picture from that Arthur meme. You know, she leaning up against the fist. That's how we looking at the rest of the world right now, man. But uh, the rest of the world is definitely on some ghetto shit, just like everybody else. And, man, I got some stories for y'all on that, man. Bro, this story took me crazy last night. It was I just happened to be up last night after I finished watching the incredible, incredible Yousef Hawkins documentary on HBO. You know, I didn't know anything about this Yousef Hawkins situation other than you know, cursorily knowing about it through rap songs, to be honest. Like, I was a little younger, 89, I was a little kid. And I'm looking at, you know, all of this happening. I kind of hear about it. I see Fat Al Sharpton, but I don't know the 100% story. Do yourself a favor, HBO Go, HBO Max, whatever. Watch that joint, man. I learned a lot about just how racist New York City was and is and can be in any given situation. Because... Boy, this was some old, you know, Alabama shit that was happening in Brooklyn. <laughs> this 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 shit was going down like Alabama right in Bensonhurst and East New York. So, yo, do the knowledge. That was a great documentary. But while I was up doing the knowledge, watching this great documentary, I'm just doing my little nighttime news search. And boy, they had a coke bus, the largest ever recorded coke bus went down in the Netherlands yesterday. They found, they busted a warehouse which was located in a former riding school, an equestrian category, um, an equestrian, what's the word I'm looking for? An e- academy. Thanks. My son in the cut with the, with the save. An equestrian academy had a warehouse. Inside of this warehouse were cement mixers cocaine base, enough chemicals, and the capability to produce 150 to 200 kilos a day. This factory had been operating in the Netherlands for at least 13 weeks, which which is what the time was they used to set up the whole sting and to find out the operation. When they went in there, they made 17 arrests. They arrested 13 Colombians. 13 Colombians, fam. 13 Colombians, one Turkish dude, and four Dutch and three Dutch dudes. That math ain't mathing to me. I'm sorry. Let's let's talk about this for a hot second. All right. This cocaine, you're putting out, you have a riding school, and I'm sure this is just one of many coke spots in the Netherlands. You're producing 150 to 250 kilos a day. 13 Colombians get arrested? Three Dutchmen? So you're basically saying that all the Dutch, the Colombian dudes who really just brought the the coke, and not even the coke, brought the raw cocaine base to, to process this, are the villains here. And the Dutch dudes who sell all the coke, the Dutch dudes who still free right now, running around selling, what the fuck you think they doing with 150, 300 kilos, 200 kilos a day? They not sitting on it. That's going out there into the larger world of the Netherlands, into the larger world of Europe. And the 13 Colombians at the warehouse going to jail, but who who on the streets going to jail? 
Who are the people who was buying these 50, 60, 30, 40, 20 kilos a day off these people and moving them? Because you know that the coke was booming. And Europe has especially been having a problem with cocaine because the coke over there is supposed to be so much more potent and so much more addictive in a very interesting way. I don't know. It's just some type of chemical processing that they've done in Europe where they might have perfected the formula. That shit over there is not... It's definitely not the coke over here. And it's wild, yo. Like, in the Netherlands. Who'd have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, and, and, and again, the Colombians is going to jail. They got a Turk. They got 13 Colombians and, and three Dutch dudes, I guess. Maybe they, you know... Was like the the help they just opened up the doors or something like that's that's the tale that would like to be told. All these kilos were being moved by Colombians, I guess. It's ridiculous, yo. You know what I'm saying? Internationally, the world is a ghetto, fam. Don't ever get it. Don't ever get it twisted, yo. In Belarus, yo, one time for Belarus. You know I've been keeping up with Belarus. The, the world at large has started to keep up with Belarus, which is interesting to me because I've been st- I've been watching this story from the very beginning. Yo, they turned off the internet last night in Belarus. Straight up. Again, like I said, these are all just harbingers of things to come. They turned off the whole entire World Wide Web and claimed it was an accident. They are brutalizing people in Belarus right now in these anti-government, anti-authoritarian regime protests. They have detained six thousand people I, I don't even know it's it's maybe like twelve thousand people in belarus <laughs> they got it's six thousand of them detained including children they are detaining children in belarus because you know again when it's a lot of these battles when it's social media based battlefield the youth are a lot of times in the forefront of this movement making tiktoks making memes making putting together events organizing shit like that Man, these Belarus is not having it. Lutashenko, that yo, how you gonna trust a guy named Lutashenko, man? Like that is a super villain ass name. If you, if anybody was a bad guy, it was Lutashenko, man. So I'm with the people in Belarus all day, every day. We go hard in the paint. You know what I'm saying? They over there, they out here rioting all across the world, man. All across the world, they are rioting. It is not a joke. You know what I'm saying? In Turkey. 25 people were detained uh, just the other day in women's rights protests, man. For real, yo. And I love that guy name, man. Lukashenko, man. <laughs> That's been crazy. <laughs> man, listen. In Turkey, they had protests, man. 25 people arrested for women's rights, man. It's nuts. I don't... I'm trying to understand. Do they think that they can lock everyone up? America has kind of showed people that... Maybe you can lock everyone up. We've built so many so many jails. We're so good at it. I'm sure that's among one of our main cultural exports is the carceral state. Yo, we sell that. Yeah, you got to love it. America, we know how to lock some people. If you want to lock some people up, rock with us. Lex Lutashenko, that's his name, man. He's a super villain. <laughs> I love that y'all are getting so much joy from this in the comments. I really do. It's my favorite thing, too, man. Real crap. But, yo, the protest movement all across the world, booming. I'm going to tell you something. Me and my wife, we had this discussion earlier. I don't get enough Africa news in. And also, when I do get Africa news in, a lot of times, it's like some shit that I came across my ear, which came from AP or came from some other, 
European source, and they all like, Africa's in flames, people are killing each other. Yeah, I, I mean, we know that. You know, that shit happens. It, y'all shit is in flames, too. But let's talk about some other things that are going on on a whole entire continent that we never hear about. So, yo, I went and dug deep. I have a very reliable source right now for African news, and you're going to hear a lot of Africa, just real ill news from Africa through this through this broadcast moving forward. Ill story I got to drop on y'all right now. Namibia said, get the fuck out of here to Germany about this reparations situation. Germany has is owing Namibia reparations for colonialism, which led to colonial uprising, which led to the German army and German-led forces killing over 70% of the original ethnic population of Namibia also enslaving and exploiting people for decades. When Namibia got their independence, they had some type of treaty with them that said that they were going to negotiate reparations in the years to come. These negotiations soured after last year, Germany tried to offer Namibia $12 million. $12 million! Not, Not 12 billion, 12 with an M, 12 million for killing 70% of the ethnic population. Namibia was like, get the fuck out of here. Stop playing with me, yo. Come back to the table with a little bit more respect and maybe we could talk later. Because that's not what we're here to do. Like, listen, nobody is begging for anything from these people, but if you're going to come at us, come at us correct. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, Namibia said, get the fuck out of here. They came back with another offer the last couple of weeks Namibia has rejected that and they've also said that look y'all got to call this what it is the German doesn't want to call it reparations they want to call it something else they want to call it like uh corrective measures or some bullshit some politically correct smoothed over bullshit Namibia like yo call it what it is come with our paper or get the fuck out of here and I like that One time for Africa, one time for Namibia, one time for the motherland. You know what it is, G. You know what I'm saying? Another story from Africa, which I also love. Another empowering story from Africa. Kenya. Mad people go to Kenya on safari. That Listen, that always made me uncomfortable. I cannot lie. I do not like this fucking... I never liked that safari shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going out here to look at animals and look at people who live in the bush and live their life. Yo, I just it just always made me uncomfortable, but I definitely would have liked to have seen it. You know what I'm saying? I just wish I could have experienced it in a more authentic way. Here's the deal. Kenya, which is basically like the poster boy for safaris, that's where you want to go, see your safaris, hit Mount Kilimanjaro, do all the dope shit in the African plains that you know you see on the brochure. They've been hit super hard by COVID-19. COVID obviously has taken away, what, 10 to 15% of the GDP of Kenya as a country because that's what it's based on is, you know, tourism. That's a huge chunk of that country's economy. So in order to supplement that, what Kenya has started doing is making all those resorts and all those hotels and all that shit that was once for these Europeans and for these American tourists and all that, They're making it for Kenyans. 
They're making it much more accessible for Kenyans and Kenyan citizens to go out here and enjoy the safari and enjoy the range and enjoy that luxury that once was just totally, you know, forbidden for them. It was once something that was very unreachable because the economics of the situation just didn't make sense. You got all these Europeans coming from far and wide. They're going to pay whatever to ride through the bush. Now it's like, yo. The Kenyans can actually get an opportunity to go to the Giraffe Hotel. They can actually get an opportunity to go kick it on these beautiful plains and these beautiful villas that they built in these gorgeous African savannas. Fam, exactly. Just like the beaches in Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? Like, word. You know Rio and all them people, they done sewn off the quote-unquote best parts. You know what I'm saying? Like, what we got? We get Elsha Beach, you know what I'm saying? We get all those other beaches, you know what I'm saying? Which is dope, because we make them dope. But at the end of the day, man, these niggas got ricks. They got the cliff. We need to reclaim that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that go for everywhere, you know what I mean? Like, everywhere that black people, indigenous people is rocking, man. We can't let them turn our shit into tourist attractions that's not even affordable for us to experience. Hell no. We got to live that life, man. We got to live the best parts and enjoy the best parts of our environment. So, yo, those are my international, my Africa stories, man. I'm real, real serious about this. I'm getting these joints in every week when we do this show. So it's not going to stop, man. Every day, you know, every week, whatever, a couple days, you want to hear some positive shit about the continent because I'm tired of hearing negative shit about the continent, even when I'm digging for the truth and digging for facts, you know what I'm saying? So that's my angle. I'm sticking to it. Yo, I tell you another very wild story that I have to touch on. You need to be aware of this. Ancestry.com was just purchased for $4.7 billion by a company called the Blackstone Group. I want to simplify this for you for a second. Ancestry.com which is one of the world's largest, if not the world's largest, privately owned DNA base, was just acquired by the world's largest landlord. Blackstone is the world's largest landlord. They own more commercial property than anything, any entity in the world just acquired the world's largest commercially accessible DNA database. There are over 18 million DNA test results in the Ancestry.com database. So, shout out to everybody who paid their $99 to become property of the Blackstone Group. I hope you're okay with the results you got. You know what I'm saying? I hope you really got in touch with some really good, good, uh, good companies, good cousins. You know what I'm saying? I hope... I hope it works out. You know what I'm saying? Because that is definitely not a great thing that just happened there. You know what I'm saying? What you say, blow? Ancestry.com moving blow too. They definitely are, man. Listen, J- I don't even want to talk about the J.P. Morgan ship. Don't get me out here talking about the J.P. Morgan missing coke ship. All right? So... I'm just trying to tell y'all, like, it may or may not be a conspiracy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's real crazy. Yo, what you say? That, that data is more expensive than oil. I would argue one of my favorite viewpoints to express at this time is data is the new currency. That's why Zuckerberg and Sandar Pachi and Tim Cook and 
um, Jeff Bezos are most wealthy is because they own all the data. They're not wealthy because they have, they're not wealthy in the way that the robber barons of the 20s were wealthy, meaning that they had all this land, they had all these fossil fuels, these physical assets. That's what Rockefeller and Carnegie and Vanderbilt, that's what they had, you know, steel, railroads, oil, you know what I'm saying, silver, gold. These guys own data, and that's what makes them the richest people in the world. They own the data. How crazy is that? To own the data, not to collect the data, not to be in charge of administering the data, not the admin. The admin is well paid. Don't get it fucked up. The admins are definitely well paid. People who have massive labs of data, that's how you get on in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like that's I learned that early in the marketing game. It's all about these email addresses, G. You know what I'm saying? Once you get in there, then you're good. You're worth something. Once you have a list that people covet, again, data is is power. Data is currency. You know what I'm saying? Even when we talk about crypto right now, how you get cryptocurrency? You do data mining. You do blockchain mining to get data. You know what I'm saying? To get cryptocurrency. That's that's how it works. It's, it's, it's just the same thing. It's just that it's not physical. It's not they blowing up mountains anymore looking for gold. They're actually now... Mining through these massive, massive piles of data, searching for things that are valuable, yo. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and hey, Blow, you said it 100% correct. The devil is in the terms of agreement. You know what I'm saying? Those terms and conditions, yo. Hey, you signed up for this. I realized by using Instagram, I'm, I'm done. Like Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg and them have way more access to me than I have in principle agreed to. You know what I'm saying? But in practice, I'm all in. I got I got a couple Instagram accounts. What you talking about? You know what I'm saying? I'm all in. So that's, you know, that's another reality that we're all going to have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? But do a little research on the Blackstone group. Uh, a little disturbing for you. Definitely disturbing for you. And you're right, Blow. I gave it away. I didn't even, I, they didn't even have to pay me for all my information. All they had to do was tell me that, you know, I can... Avoid making an in-app purchase. You know what I'm saying? There's a paywall. They hit me with a paywall and they got all my information. Just that simple. Just that simple, yo. It's really just that simple. Locally, because you know I always got to touch on the hometown, man. The hometown's crazy, yo. You know what I'm saying? Washington, D.C., we have already, you know, we're always first to experience most of the fuckery. You know what I'm saying? In the, in the country. It's D.C. and Puerto Rico, we're always, because we are colonies, gang. Like, we are literal, we live in literal, we live in literal colony. Puerto Rico is a literal colonial island. It's really happening in 2020. But moving forward, like I said, they started to mail out these mailers that help people change their addresses in D.C. or confirm that their address is correct for the upcoming election. And these are already causing problems. They're already confusing people. They're already being sent to the wrong places. All of this craziness and the shit, it's not even October. It's not even September. And we're already kicking it. Uh, we're already fucking the dog on this. So just don't expect any positive movement by the district government when it comes to improving the voter registration or voter 
you know, movement process. You know, don't look for us to be like a beacon of, you know, greatness in that. That's not what's going to happen. Uh, the housing authority in D.C. Bro, these people are absolutely insane. A former employee of the D.C. Housing Authority is suing the agency and her former boss, uh, dude, what's his name, Carl something? I can't remember this guy's name. Suing these people for buying and distributing counterfeit N95 masks. They bought all these fake N95 masks from a real... They bought them shits off of AliExpress or something off of... Alibaba crazy. They went stupid. They bought the fake joints with the ear loops. The real, you know, the real M95s have the overhead. And the lady who is the whistleblower, in effect, said that not only was she fired, not only was she de- de- uh, denied black back pay, but, you know what I'm saying, she's made to be a pariah for pointing out some obvious shit. Like, these are fake. And the guy who was the head of the agency, of course, he made sure he looked out for his people, made sure they wrote real big invoices and make sure everybody gets paid real good admin fees for, you know, making one phone call or clicking something online. And everybody eats. Everybody eats, yo. Nasty in the district, man. Nasty, nasty, nasty game in the district, which is why I don't really rock. I'm not jacking the government. I'm not rocking with any of that bullshit that they're on. I'm always, always, always Always against it, yo. And speaking of which, I got to take this time right now for a D.C. hometown important story. There's a petition online at change.org for my man James Richardson, also better known to me as Snoop Cat. Snoop Cat's from my neighborhood. We grew up together. Snoop, one year older than me. We call him Snoop Cat because he looked like Snoop Dogg, but he ain't Snoop Dogg. He's Snoop Cat. And he's a cool motherfucker, always has been. When we was 22, early 20s, Snoop made a mistake under the influence, too. Under the influence, made a mistake that caused him a, a robbery, nonviolent. Nobody got hurt. Nobody was killed. Nobody was harmed. Robbery, armed robbery. This man was sentenced to 30 to 50 years. Snoop is down on year 18 right now. 18 years, this brother been gone, man. We 40, yo. This brother been gone, gone away from his family. Got kids, you know what I'm saying? His kids is basically grown. You know, they are grown. Yo, and I haven't seen his mom, none of that. This is not justice. This ain't right. There's a petition. I'm going to be posting it in my bio because, shit, what do I use Lincoln bio for anyway? You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to sell no tummy tea or nothing like that. I'm going to post this uh, petition in my bio Please, y'all, go sign it. If you can kick in $11 to help amplify the petition, it gives you that option, too. Do that, man. Let's bring Snoop Cat home. Let's bring all the brothers home, man. Tony Lewis Jr., I mean, Senior, excuse me. Let's bring all the brothers that's been down for way too long home. My man Chip C., too many people, man. We can't, be keep, we can't keep letting people be political prisoners in this world, man. If anybody saw it, uh, my stories today, I posted about Hugo Pinnell, one of the Soledad brothers, one of the reasons, one of the inspirations for Black August, man. This man was killed in 2003 on the yard at Folsom Prison by a white supremacist in what many people consider to be a prison-sanctioned hit. This man was killed in 2003 after being in jail for 50 years. He spent 40-plus years in solitary confinement. 
40 plus years without being able to make a phone call, without being able to touch his family in real life, man, and lost his life at the hands of a racist on the prison yard in U.S. custody, yo. That's why we do this shit, man. We do this shit to free minds, yo, because we can't free, unfortunately, we can't free them bodies without, under our just, just single-handed influence, they, we don't have, if we could break down those walls to set you free, we would. Because we need y'all. And we out here. And we miss you. Word life. So, man, shout out to Lupe Fiasco for that lyric. Because that shit always affected me in a very profound way. So, you know what I'm saying? You want to do anything for the hometown, man. Support those people that's incarcerated. Support those people that look like they're in these troubles with the legal system and help us free ourselves, man, because we can't do shit when we under their control, man. We can't do nothing. It's, it ain't no rights in prison, as I always say, man. You know what I'm saying? So, D.C., man, we we moving. We, going, we know what our causes are and what our movements are and what we're dedicated to, yo. You know what I'm saying? So... While that shit happens, man, the games still go on. The games get, still getting played, yo. It's so crazy, man. The NFL insisting on going ahead with this sports shenanigans. They stay insisting. The NBA is still rocking. I guess it's playoff time coming up. I got to send a big shout-out to my man OGQJ, my man Ball, all the way back from Coolidge. My man was a whole virtual fan today on the NBA. I had a couple of questions. I thank him for answering those for me so transparently. I appreciated that because I don't want – I didn't know what this virtual experience was hitting on. Like, they got fans like – why aren't the stands always filled up? Can they hear y'all? You know what I'm saying? He gave me all the answers. If you want to know, ask my man Maul. He got the scoop on that. But this shenanigans that went down in Seattle with this rookie in the NFL is just showing why sports need to take a pause and everybody need to go re-educate themselves and get their mind right. There's a rookie who's playing for the Seahawks. This fool got cut for the team. Because he tried to sneak a girl into the team hotel during a pandemic disguised as a goddamn player. <laughs> he tried to disguise the girl. <laughs> he tried to, what, type, what type of freshman dorm bullshit? <laughs> what type of college dorm bullshit is that? Fam, you getting paid money to play football, man. You can't let the horniness get to you like that, bro. This ain't your wife even. This, I mean, come on, bro. You just got to... You got to do better, man. We, we <laughs> I'm just, I'm always an advocate of doing better. People, do better, man, for real. That shit is ridiculous, man. Make sure, man, as I always say, man, this show is about sharing information, man. So before I get up out of here, probably for the week, I don't know. I'm thinking about doing a little something spicy for y'all on Friday. We'll see how I feel. But I do like to keep it four days a week. It's important like that mental space. You got to be sharp when you do this. You got to be prepared. So I want y'all to know, man, I appreciate every bit of support, every click. Even if you just clicked in this bitch and got real, got out real quick because it wasn't 28 people in this joint. I don't care, yo. I love it and I appreciate it all. And just if you could do anything for this show, for this platform, for this information, just share it. Just share it in your stories, share it with your friends, share it in your Facebook feeds, your, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? You know, Instagram for right now is the tool, is the vehicle, but we're also on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Bullhorn, 
Breaker, all of those streaming platforms. So, yo, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's them again. You know what I mean? It's the Core Report. Black Broadway presents the Core Report. I want everybody to remember things work out the best for those that make the best of the way that things work out, man. I don't order pizza. I think I'm about to sit in here and do my new favorite thing, watch Looney Tunes with my kids because I discovered those cartoons and they just made me so happy. It reminds me of a, a simpler time, a chocolate milk and grandma's house and just chilling, watching Bugs Bunny be wild, racist, and misogynistic. It was fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yo, man, Black Broadway Podcast, The Core Report, man. Thank y'all for rocking with us all week, man. You know what it is, Jay. Hey, I think we're going to holler. Peace.